Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Two days ago, Jeff McDonald posted the following. Just watch the sunrise from above the clouds. So stoked. Jeff got 19 likes and 7 comments. Not bad, Jeff. Geico has a comment to add that may make you even more stoked. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance by switching to Geico. And if that doesn't put your head above the clouds, you'll have the extra money to scale a peak that will. Hashtag on cloud nine. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of The Grilling Truth. I'm your host, Mike Goodpaster. And right now, as always, I want to introduce my co-host, Matt Andrews-Gavage. Thanks very much, Mike. Always good to be here, and it's always a privilege to talk to all these great players that uh, that we have on every week. Yeah, I mean, in the past few weeks, we've had Raiders Raiders coach Tom Flores, Roger Craig, LaVon Kirkland, Leon Searcy. All those, you can go to our show page on Facebook, The Grueling Truth. They're all downloaded on there for anybody that wants to listen to it. Um, Once again tonight, we have a great show. Before we get to that, we do have a special guest tomorrow at 2.30, which we usually don't do daytime shows, but we've got Don Mikowski, former Packer Pro Bowl quarterback. He will be on at 2.30 Eastern time tomorrow. You can listen in then. If you're at work, you need to listen at work, or if your boss is going to get after you for that, We've got the podcast also. You can listen when you get home. Our guest tonight was named to the University of Washington All-Century team and later played linebacker in the NFL for 11 years. I would like to welcome to the show Joe Kelly. Hey, how you guys doing? Appreciate you guys having me. All right, Joe. It's great to talk to you. We, that's what I said. We needed to get a Bengal on here because we got that 49er co-host, Matt Andrew Scavage there, who yeah, that's, you know, always gives me a hard time much, about much, Super Bowl twenty. Yeah, it's all right. It must be tough on you, Mike. You know, having to deal with the Forty Nine er man, but you know, we'll we'll do it. We'll do it. Hey, you know yeah, what? I it is life is life is rough enough not having to deal with that. But what are you going to do? Right. <laughs> I can but take the let, double let's team. Start off. Roger and I got on Mike uh, last time. All right. <laughs> uh, Roger was nice. You were the pain, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Roger's a good guy. Good dude. Good dude. Yeah, Roger's a great guy. Great guest. Um, yeah, you're gonna have yeah. to outdo him, oh, we've got to make up a little bit for that Super Bowl twenty three, so Well yeah, it was still still all those guys. It's still it's still like yesterday. You know, it's been a long time, but it's still like yesterday. Uh I it, it took me it took me until two thousand five to actually finally watch that game. You know, and, I never you know, get I past Stanford Virginia's kickoff return. I like to stop it right there and act like that was the end of the game. <laughs> that would be nice. That would that would have been nice. Yes, it would. You know? <laughs> but let's start off. I know you grew up in California, Los Angeles area. Who would you say yeah. had the biggest influence on your football life when you were growing up? 
You know, when I, when I was growing up, my, my, my dad used to take me to go see uh, San Fernando High School, and they had Charles White, Malcolm Moore, and Kevin Williams. Uh, and uh, all three of those guys wind up going to uh, USC. Uh, so, you know, while I was playing Pop Warner, you know, seeing those guys, it was kind of like, wow. You know, that that kind of opened my eyes to, you know, you know guys from my neighborhood going to uh, – you know, going to college and, and kind of, you know, followed those guys at, uh, at, while they were at USC. So as a young guy, I, I would I would actually say those those three guys, seeing those three guys at San Fernando High School, uh, even though, you know, when I, uh, well, when I was in high school, we moved out to Los Angeles and I wound up going to Jefferson High School. But initially I, I would say those guys, you know, um, and, and seeing them going to playing and winning the, the L.A. City Championship, you know, and, and try to do the same thing at Jefferson High School. Unfortunately, we uh, we got beat in the semifinals two years in a row. But uh, you had a great high school career. All right, um, coming out of high school, what made you want to go to the University of Washington? I'm sure you had offers that were closer to home. What really stood out and made you want to attend the University of Washington? Well, you know, I mean, at, at the time, uh, Washington had won three out of the last four Rose Bowls, I believe. They just uh, put a good whooping on Iowa. Uh, uh, they just beat Iowa 28 nothing in, in the, the Rose Bowl, you know. Uh, and, and honestly, USC didn't recruit me. Um, uh, I, I went on an unofficial visit to UCLA, uh, but uh, my, my biggest interest came from University of Oregon and University of Washington. And I actually... <laughs> Verbally committed to uh, uh, the University of Oregon uh, coach, the linebacker coach, because we got along great. Um, but you know, the signing day, um, it, I, I, I thought about it that night, and there was no way I couldn't go to the University of Washington. I, I, I just, I woke up and, you know, unfortunately had to tell the coach from Oregon that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a Husky, you know, and. Um, Fortunately for me, I mean it. It it worked out. It was it was the best decision I ever made in my life. What was it like to uh, play for a legendary coach like uh, Don James? You know, initially going once when I when I got to Washington, um, I didn't you know I followed because obviously because they were in the Rose Bowl, um, but I didn't really understand or, or really. Um, know how legendary Coach James, you know, was at the time. I, I, I did look and, you know, I was just excited to play for somebody that coached Jack Lambert at, at, at Kent State, you know. So, you know, that was my connection initially. Oh, man, he coached Jack Lambert, you know. So it was that. And then once I once I got there as, as, as a freshman and uh, uh, pretty much been, been mentored by guys like, Ken Driscoll, you know, Mark Stewart, Tony Caldwell, Fred Small, those guys. Um, and then kind of, you know, getting into, you know, what it was to be a Husky and, you know, the, the you know, the tradition in the Apple Cup playing Washington State. And then, you know, obviously, you know, being, you know, from, from Southern California, you know, I, I grew t- to dislike <laughs> the Trojans and the Bruins and, you know, I, I – you made it a point, you know, in my, all my four years, even though my, my my freshman year, you know, didn't play, just played on special teams, 
But I just, uh, you know, those those are definitely circled on my calendar, you know, because of me being so close to those schools and uh, not really being recruited. Um, but once once I got to UW, you know, it was like, oh, man, this was the best decision, you know, I made uh, ever, you know, being able to play for Coach James as well as uh, Coach Lambright, uh, who, you know, I, I probably was closer to uh, Coach Lambright than, than DJ. All right, your junior season at Washington was probably one of the finest in school history. I think you guys went 11-1. and one. You had the big Orange Bowl upset over Oklahoma. I think you ended up ranked number two in the country. What are some of your fondest memories of that season? You know what, just, just uh, you know, going, in, going into that, that season, um, we, knew, we knew in spring ball, that we had something special. Don DJ knew knew it. You know, Coach Lambright knew Lambright knew it. Uh, we had you know the, the collectively the, the players together. We we knew we had something special because you know my my, my freshman year um, when we had you know all those those we had we had some great guys and unfortunately we we uh, we lost to Stanford and and wound up losing Washington State and didn't uh, make the Rose Bowl. Uh, even though we were we were preseason number one, supposed to be you know national champions, that year we we thought we had a chance. Uh, uh, we knew that defensively um, we could play with everybody. We had linebackers that could run with DBs. We had DBs that were flying around. We had safeties that would knock your helmet off. You know we had corners that could cover. We had a D D line with you know Ron Holmes and you know. Uh, 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 Big Tone and, and and Reggie Rogers. We we had we we know Steve Alford. We had some guys that we knew can play. Um, we 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 thought that we can compete with with the best team that that year. You know, and and the way the way it was, the, the chemistry that we had, the closeness uh, as a team. We were we just went in every game knowing that. Um, you know we could we could win. You know, uh, you, and, and, you know back then it wasn't it wasn't the J offense of the nineties. You know where they were wide open. You know back then it, it was you know run on first down, draw on second down, and throw on first on third. You know so we we didn't have a even though we had some 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 real good guys Danny Green, Mike Patterson, and Lonzel here wide receiver. You know our quarterback Hugh Miller. You know Chris Chandler. Uh, Paul Sicaro, you know, we we had we had some some talent, you know, but we, our offense just wasn't. We didn't have that, you know, that that spread offense and you know score a lot of points. So we knew as a defense that we would have to make some plays and and some turnovers and uh, you know it, it just it started from 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 spring the spring game to the first game. You know, we were flying around, we were, we were making plays and you know, having fun and you know I I, I think. DJ, that was I think that was the first time I kind of maybe seen DJ kind of smile here and there, you know. But I, I think he knew he had something special, also, you know. So it, it was oh man, it was it was it was a great year, special year. It was a great year personally for me. Um, you know, we knew um, when we when we got to the Orange Bowl. Um, you know, I had some great stories with Orange Bowl, but we know we know we knew we were the underdogs. You know, but we, we were confident. We knew that we could kick their butt, and, I, and I'm dead serious. Not because I can say that now. Going into that game, you know, spending time, you know, on the boat with Oklahoma players and the Boz and you know, <laughs> you know, their their head coach. Um, we just we we couldn't wait to play, man. We couldn't wait for the 
the kickoff because we, we just wanted to show them what, you know, Husky football, West Coast football was all about. Joe, we're always interested in uh, getting uh, players' uh, perspectives about uh, their draft day experience with the draft coming up. Uh, share with us what it was like on your for your draft day. You know what? It was – I think it's it's more nostalgic now, you know, as I see and, and then – you know, I, I last year just kind of just kind of looking and and just really honestly understanding how blessed and and uh, you know just just truly honored it was to be a first round pick. You know, going you know you know talking way back in the nineteen eighty six draft. Um, I I and honestly I, I can honestly tell you that going into my, my junior year. Um, I, I never even thought about I just wanted to come from South Central L.A., play football, but I wanted to get my degree. You know, I wanted to be the guy from South Central L.A. to get his degree. But it was after my junior year when uh, we had all those guys drafted, you know, and, and that was the year uh, we played really five linebackers. You know, Joe Krakowski um, was a starter my sophomore year, and then I, I wanted to start in front of him. But, you know, our linebackers were such a strength that we had so many – Defense is that we paid five linebackers, only two linebackers. And then when Joe Joe uh, Krakowski got drafted, I kind of said, "Wow, man, I I I can I can probably you know I can get drafted because these guys that I played with, you know, uh, yeah, had a you know stat, statistically wise, I had a you know the best year as a linebacker. Um, and just seeing those guys and um, talking with those guys, you know, that that's when I knew that I had an opportunity and a chance to play in the NFL. And then you know you never even though you you, you look at the, the the polls and you know these guys saying hey you're gonna go first round you're gonna get be picked here and this and that and you, you know like, you know coming out uh, after the season um, you know I wanted to play in in the bowl games because I, I want to go to Senior Bowl a lot of people say don't go to Senior Bowl because it's really you know stringent and you guys it's tough you know but I wanted to go there because I was an undersized guy. I wanted to show that I could play with these big guys, these big all-American guys, and these big linemen that I can play against them and compete. You know, so you know that's why I played in the East West Shrine game. That's why I went to the Senior Bowl. And um, the day of the draft, it wasn't, you know, I didn't. It was I was at home in my apartment, you know, uh, with with my girlfriend and my mom, you know, and my my cousin who was my roommate. You know, I didn't have a big fanfare of, you know, or you know, big entourage. You know, I was I was just there, and you know, they said I get drafted in the first round, and you know, it's like okay, we'll see. And um, honestly, I I really thought I was going to get drafted by San Diego Chargers. Um, Bengals, uh, Coach LeBeau had come to Seattle, and uh, you know, we spent some time and we went over some film, uh, but that was it. Never talked to anybody from the Bengals <laughs> ever, you know. And, and actually, my agent. Had uh, was on the phone with uh, San Diego. They had picked, they had the fifth pick and the twelfth pick, I believe. Um, and they picked Leslie O'Neill with the fifth, and they were going to pick me. They had the thirteenth pick, I think it was, and they were going to pick me with their second first round pick. And I was like, great, you know, because I, you know, I get to stay in in California and play on grass, you know. And next thing you know, we're looking at the TV, and they they just announced my name. You know, I, I didn't get a call ahead of time or anything. It was just like, you know, Cincinnati Bengals select linebacker Joe Kelly. 
you know, and it was kind of like, you know, it was surreal. You know, mom, mom was shedding some tears, and you know, it was, it was, you know, it, but it was, it was really uh, an intimate setting. Didn't have a lot of, you know, a lot of people there. wasn't any cameras or anything like that. And uh, you know, it was just, it was just a blessing. You know, it was a, it was a blessing, and, and you know, I, it didn't matter who drafted me. You know, I, I would, I would have played for the, the Alaskan Huskies. I don't care. You know, <laughs> I'd have played, I, I'd have played anywhere, man. But you know, just, uh, just being drafted was an honor, and definitely. You know, being a, a first round pick, um, you know, I, I can, you know, to this day, you know, that's that's an honor, you know, that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll die with, you know, you, you know, you can't take that away from me, you know, it was it was just a, an honor and a blessing. All right, the Bengals were known as an organization that almost every year had trouble signing their first round picks. Did you have any <laughs> problems in uh, negotiating your contract with Mister Brown? <laughs> Boy, <laughs> did I? You know, it's 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 a it's a story that I can I can laugh at now. You know, I was kind of you know disturbed initially. I I knew going in, my agent's like, well, if the Bengals drafted, you know, they you know they they're really this from the stingiest team in the NFL, and you know, but you know you don't think I wasn't thinking about that. You know, I mean, because even lowballing, you know, hey man, I'm I'm the I man, I'm from South Central LA, man. You know, my mom's been working for, I don't know, $18,000 a year. You know, so yeah. it was, you know, it, you know, I I didn't think about that. And then once they did draft me, you know, uh, and, you know, I, I, I totally left, you know, the, the negotiating, you know, to my agent, Sunwest Sports. And uh, they were just like, well, Joe, you know, I can't let you sign this deal because, I mean, they're basically offering you the same thing that they're offering their second round pick. You know, and I, you know, just kind of like, well, that's that's not right. You know, if, you know, we weren't asking for you know to to set the all time highest contract in bingo history. You know, what he's asking for any of that. We were just saying, hey, you know, tenth pick got this, the twelfth pick got this. You know, linebackers average this. You know, so it was totally you know in the in the middle. Um, so you know, it, it wind up. You know, unfortunately, you know, as much as I was telling my agent, I don't want to be that guy. I don't, I don't want to hold out. But then when training camp started, I mean, they were, they were literally. I think uh, Lewis Billups was the second round pick. They were offering him more than they were offering me at that time. So it's kind of like, well, just, just wait, we'll wait it out, you know. And then, uh, just unfortunately, I, I didn't sign until I think the last preseason game. So I had talked with Paul. So I I fly in I fly in from Seattle and who picks me up? Mike. You know, so Mike Mike doesn't say hello or anything. I'm just you know, here there's a couple of media there, um, you know, with the camera and Mike says, you know, let's stop over this is a little restaurant in the in, in the airport, you know. So I, I'm like, okay, you know. So we, Mike and I, go and sit at the table, and he pulls out this this, this little package, you know, uh, from his little briefcase, and he slides it across the table, you know, like 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 throws it at me, sort of, you know. So I'm like, what's what's this? He said, this is a contract, and he says, you know, sign it, and then he tells me, I hope this is worth it. That was my introduction to Mike Brown, man. And I, I was like, I am. I'm looking at this guy, and like, 
this is unbelievable, man. I don't know. If, I don't know if I should be terrified or you know, but it was like you know, it it was it was it was more money than my mama made in her entire life. So it was okay, but that's that was my introduction to Mike Brown. You know, kind of like here, so I did. <laughs> you know, so okay, I signed it. You know, and we 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 drove back to the Spinney Field, and I, I don't know. I, I think he probably said, you know, it was just the most awkward ride. Like, why did you have this dude pick me up, man? You could have, I could have took you could have sent the tra- trainer. You know, we he probably said <laughs> two words to me. You know, so it's kind of like okay, all right. You know, I, I got to go out and perform. You know, that that's it. So. You know, that was my welcome to uh, the the Brown family moment. <laughs> All right, so you got to meet the Brown family, plus you got to visit the Bengals plush practice facility at Spinney Field. Wow. If you want to talk about Spinney a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the Spinney Field, you know, with with the – I think it was the, the aroma, the aroma <laughs> of Spinney Field. That was, I remember the aroma. That was yeah, so, you know – I mean, honestly, man, I, I can honestly tell you, hey, you know, I'm this kid from South Central L.A., man, and, and I didn't care. You know, spinning field, you know, I just knew, hey, this was a professional team, you know, and this is the NFL. So, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't really say anything bad about the facility because I had not gone to any other NFL facility. Had I gone to any other NFL facility <laughs> that, that I, I, I visited later on in my career, I would have known that this was the worst piece of bleep, 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 you know. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was bad. You know, the, the weight room, literally in the weight room, you had to, you know, uh, Kim Woods, we, we, we have this schedule, you go in the weight room, have all these things that you have to do, these, these different, you know, work on these different machines. And you would literally have to walk over, hop over one machine to get over the other to the other machine. That's how small the weight room was. You know, and then you would go out, you know, for practice in the afternoon, and you never know. You know, I mean, some days you went out there and you literally couldn't breathe. You know, you would have, I mean, sewer smell. Then it would be some foul from this, you know, every, every building. You know, every day it was just a different aroma, you know. And even then it was just kind of like, okay, I guess this is how, how it is. You know, until I got traded and I got to New York, and then I realized, you know, that well, I, I now now I guess this is what the NFL is, you know, as far as facilities, you know. So it was it was an experience, you know. But you know, my my, my being that my first my four years with the Bengals, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything with the world and world. Well, despite all of the uh, craziness that uh, started off in your rookie year. Who was the player that most influenced you as a rookie in '86? Oh, Reggie Williams, no, no doubt. Nothing. Reg, great linebacker. Took me the first, the first, first day I got there. Reg took me under his wing. He actually, uh, here I'm a guy, and you know that this was my introduction, Mike Brown. You know, so I'm like, man, they, they, these guys, these dudes are mean and such and that. You know, I don't want to. I'm afraid to talk to anybody. You know. <laughs> I got there the first day, you know, I'm in a hotel by myself, you know, don't really know anybody. You know, Reg, you know, say, hey, man, you know, be over here. You know, I'll come pick you up. Came and picked me up and, and uh, took me out with his with his family and his kids and, you know, went to Kings Island. 
And, I mean, from, from that month, from day one, literally from day one, um, you know, Reggie, you know, kind of took me and, you know, going looking at film, practicing, you know, sitting there and, and talking and, and telling me, you know, what to expect, you know, you know, kind of what I, I kind of told him about, you know, Mike Brown, and he just kind of, you know, you know, no, don't worry about Mike, you know, just play, you know, so it was kind of like he was just, you know, he was my tutor, just, you know, talking how to deal with the media and, and you know, the pressures of playing, man, you know how to play football, you know, bottom line, you know, this is still football. You know, so it was it was him and just learning how to be a student of the game, you know, and, and studying because you know it was different. You know, NFL was a lot faster. You had you know the the, the playbooks and and plays were you were, were you had a lot more adjustments to make. You know, so it was uh, you know Reggie, Reggie kind of w- with him just kind of made me feel you know welcome and you know a little more calm you know, and, and able to uh, adapt to that to that NFL lifestyle. All right. Um, 1986, your rookie season. The Bengals had a really good season, went 10-6. and six. Yes. Then 1987 yeah. came. The bottom kind of dropped out the second game of the season. Um, yeah. Had a little questionable play calling by Coach White, or Coach Weish. And then, of course, that was followed up by the NFL strike. Can you talk a little bit about what kind of effect those two things had on the rest of the season? For for nineteen eighty seven? Yeah, for eighty seven. Oh, you know, it was it was it, I mean it, it was it was tough, you know, because it, it was um you know, here here my here is my mentor, you know, Reggie Williams, who actually crossed the picket. You know, but even before he did that, he called me and said, Joe, you know, I mean, here's Reggie's in, in his 12th year, you know, you know, having these knee, knee injuries and, you know, not knowing if whether or not this could be his last year and, you know, just explaining this whole thing to, to him. And then at the same time, you know, I'm this, 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 this you know, second-year guy, you know, I, I mean, I, I can't cross. You know, I mean, you, you, we you had so many different emotions, and you know, I totally supported Reg 100%. You know, and 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 but still, you know, I still you know stayed in line with the union and other players. Um, it was it was just a it was a weird year. You know, you're, you're going in. I think after my rookie year, going ten and six, just barely missing the playoffs because we all sat and watched that last game. The Jets Jets won, and you know, knocked us out of the playoffs. But we we thought we would have momentum, you know. We we uh, you know going into '87, and and I think uh, just the uh, the the idea that there could possibly be a strike, you know, it, I think it did affect us, you know, in in a negative way. You know, you had and then with with Reggie talking about you know not striking, you know, you you had, you know, you were pulling on emotional strings. You know, guys were upset, you know, so we didn't have, you know, we didn't have that cohesion. You know, in the NFL, you know, everybody's good, man. So you have, there has to be something special. You know, and when you talk to talk to, to other guys, I'm sure when you when you were talking to some of the 49ers, I don't, I, I think we were better than them that year. We were, I, in my opinion, I still do this day. But they had something I special. I agree. It, it was special. You know, you got to have that. You know, and we didn't we didn't have that 87. And, and the, you know, the bottom the bottom fell out, you know, and then when we came back, it was just like, you know, I can't just say it was just play calling because you can have plays, you know, but had 
you know, we made the plays. You know, we went to say we're bad, bad calls. You know, I mean, it, it went, you know, defense. You know, we, we, we fell apart. If you recall that year, you know, a lot of, I think we lost maybe seven or eight games that we were leading in the fourth quarter, you know, yeah. last four or five minutes. You know, it, it was a, it was an odd year, you know, and, and uh, you know, it, we, 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 it was, I think we finished, what, I think it was 4-12. and 12. You know, I know it was terrible, you know. 4-11. I think it was 4-11 because I think it was a shorter game that year. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, 4-11. You know, but I, I think that is what propelled us. Uh, in, in to 1988, you know, because we, we know, you know, we had to, you know, you had, you had the, our offensive line, you know, you, we had, you know, we had a, you know, Hall of Famer, you know, but we had, you know, Joe Walters, Matt, you know, we had some special guys. We had Boomer, we had, you know, we had, you know, James Brooks, you know, we had some good, Eddie Brown, Tim, Tim McGee, we had, we had Chris Collinsworth. So offensively we had, you know, we had some special guys. Defensively we were young. You know, we were young and we were, you know, I mean, we, we were we were ready. And, and I think we were talent-wise, we were just as good as anybody, you know. So we, we knew we had something special. It just, uh, in 87, you know, it, it just, you know, the bottom fell out on us. And, you know, it, that happens, you know. When, when, yeah, when hey, real quick, in, for all the listeners out there, our live mm-hmm. show ends at the bottom of the hour in about a minute. Um, top of the hour, about 12, 12, 15 tonight Eastern time. You'll be able to actually click on the link and listen to the last 15 minutes of the interview, which will be archived. Matt, you got the next question. Okay, um, Joe. Moving on to 1988, um, very special season, one of the finest in uh, franchise history. What was the reason uh, in, in your mind uh, for the for the turnaround? I think you know having that season, having the taste of '87 in your mouth. Uh, we went into training camp. And um, that's when Sam uh, decided he wanted to, he wanted everybody to be closer. You had you know it was just a natural attrition. When you go to lunch, you know your buddies most 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 of the blacks over here, most of the white guys over here. You know everybody was just with with guys who they were comfortable with. Well, you know uh, uh, Sam decided, hey, you, I'm going to room you know an offense with defense. I'm going to room a white guy with a black guy. You know, and that's when me and uh, Chris Collins were. Uh, roommates, um, and it was just you know finding. I, Chris had been my my teammate for three years, but you know I didn't know Chris like that. Chris didn't know me like that. But you know, rooming together, he found out. You know, you know, here I'm this kid from. You know, he, he just knew me from Washington. He know he didn't know I was a kid from South Central LA. You know, I didn't I didn't know you know his his, his roots in Florida. You know, I, so you know we got comfortable with with one another, um, and. You know, it was just it just built the momentum just just built in training camp. It built and and you know uh, we you know we started we started on that win streak. So you know it was there. We, all the pieces were there. That special, you know, that thing that you have to have. You know, because everybody's good, but you know those those Seattle has that special thing. New England has that special thing. You know, and we had it. You know, and and you know all season. You know, we had it and it kept going and kept going. You know and. Um, I, I I truly think, you know, if we had played San Francisco five times, we would have beat them four times. You know, but we, we you know, we, we were, you know, not, no, no excuse, no excuse. But, you know, that, 
that night leading up to the Super Bowl the, with Stanley Wilson, I, that did affect us because we woke up in the morning and we weren't talking about Super Bowl. We were talking about Stanley, you know, and, and Stanley was a viable part of our offense. And, um, you know, hey, man, they had, they had one more drive than us. You know, we, 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 played them, we played them pretty good. They played us pretty good, you know, but, you know, you had that guy. You had that special guy, that number 16. You know, I mean, it was it was a special drop. It was it's a historic drop. We were just unfortunately to be on the opposite end, you know, of that. You know, but at, at the end of the day, you know, I, I can look back and reflect now, man. It's, it it was a Super Bowl, man, dude. I was in my third year. You know, just the fact that I was in the Super Bowl, and then Sam was going to introduce, you know, the defense. So you know, I, I kind of came out like, like a rabbit dog. You know, I was I was. You know, but this was the Super Bowl, man. You dream about this is what you dream about as a kid, you know, and, and it actually happened, you know. So you know, it was still even to this day, man. There's no bitter, you know, feelings. You know, it, it was hard to watch it for a while, but just the fact that hey, man, you you have guys who you know played their whole career, not, never even got an opportunity, or he got even got close to playing in the Super Bowl. You know, it didn't it didn't finish like we we wanted it to uh, uh, wanted it to, but. You know, we um, it was it was special, and and I still hold that and, and have those fond memories of you know leading up to the game and we're down there with the dealing with the riots and all that stuff that happened. You know, Stanley Wilson, that was just a part of the experience. That was just a part of you know what we what we dealt with, and you know that memory is in, ingrained in the back of my head. You know, and then uh, you know it's more good than bad. So you know, it, it was it was definitely a great experience, and you know something that. You know, I still I'm, I'm sitting in my man cave right now, and I'm looking at all my posters and my bingo stuff, man, and my helmets, and no 49er stuff anywhere. You know, definitely. That's the way it you should know. be. That's uh, the way God intended it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but as, as you talked, I mean, with that Super Bowl, I mean, I don't think people realized how how important Stanley Wilson was to the team. I think he scored a couple touchdowns against Seattle. He had Tim Crumry going down. And then there's probably yeah. Yeah. four or five plays in that game. If you change one play, the Bengals win the Super Bowl. Now, my question to you is this. What was the defensive mindset facing Joe Montana in that final drive? Well, believe it or not, we had played, you know, it was 2016. We had held Joe to 13 points. Jerry, he and Joe, Jerry hooked up. Jerry had his, had his yards. You know, Super Bowl record. That that's fine. But other than that, the, our 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 goal was to keep him out of the end zone, which we did. You know, and we played base defense the entire game. We played base defense. We started off in that drive with base defense. You know, with 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 ninety two yards to go. You know, we started, and if you recall, you remember we had them second and I don't know twenty one. Yeah, and he had the Randy Cross we, penalty, I think. It started at Yeah, he had the too. penalty on the holdings. Yeah, it was second, second and 21, you know, in that drive. And uh, LeBeau switched. And he went to the dime package. Now, we played them base the entire game. And we did pretty well. He, on that second and 21, he switched to a dime defense. So, me and uh, Reggie and uh, uh, I want to say – even Leon and, and Emmanuel King, we came off the field, and you know we we were we were we were saying some choice words that I can't say on the radio, you know. But we were we were pissed because we you know they didn't come out and 
four wide receivers, they stay base. You know, they, they try to, you know, switch up and do all these formations, but they still play their base offense. You know, and not to say, okay, here, if you'd have played me, we would have won, but we still think we would have won because you would have stayed in base defense. We were in base defense. We played them, we played them good. You know, but they made it. They made a play. Joe made a play. You know, we had an opportunity. We had opportunities to make a play. You know, and they they made more plays. You know, I mean that's that's it. You know, um, I still say you know that year we we were the better team. We were the better team. We just uh, you know we're overcoming Stan, overcoming uh, uh, Crumry. Even though David Grant, you know, Big Daddy came in and Big Daddy played his butt off. You know, yeah, he you know, played he a heck of a game had, there. Yeah, he 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 played his butt off, man. So you know, but you know, you still you, those those are pieces. You know, still Tim Crumry, you know, one of the you know best defensive linemen in Bengal history. You know, you lose him. You know, Stanley Wilson was uh you know he was that you know he was that electric in our offense. You know, you you had James James and Icky, but he was that guy. He was that guy that could grab a hold because. You know, not most of the public really didn't know that there was a lot of turmoil on our sideline uh, offensively, you know, because, you know, you had some coaches that wanted to run the ball and then you had coaches who wanted to throw the ball. And you had our offense that was literally arguing coming off the field, you know, all game long. You know, they they do show a clip on on the Super Bowl uh, when you see Sam go over there and Sam says some choice words to the offense. You know, because, you know, it was all of a sudden it was this selfish thing that take, that, that was taken over. Because, you know, all, the, all, that year our offense, they were the stars. You know, defense was the no-name guys. You know, but if if you remember that run, it was the defense that got us to the Super Bowl. Well, your you know, defense our, our was defense ranked top ten through, that year, I think. Yeah, yeah, we got us to the Super Bowl because, you know, offense, it, it, well, even though we were the number one scoring offense that year, they were they were, you know – they were having some issues the last, you know, last two or three games, you know, and, and you know, Super Bowl San Francisco, and I didn't think that defense could hold, you know, our offense to, you know, what they held them to. You know, you take away, you know, Stanford's touchdown, you know, run, then you know, it's, it's that and, you know, I'll fill those. You know, I'm, I, I, who, who would have thought that? You know, you think the offense would have scored at least one touchdown, you know, um, but it was. I mean, it was. It, it was just there. There, you know, it was meant for San Francisco to win. You know, if it was meant for us to win, we, we would have won. You know, and it's no excuses. You know, we don't have an excuse. They, you know, that day they were the better team. Even though I still hate you know, San Francisco to this day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, being and, a, being and the Bengals were the better team that day, no matter whether Matt wants yeah. to admit it or not. Yeah. Well. Uh, being the, the Niners fan that I am all my life, um, I'm not here to rub salt in any wounds or anything like that, but I'm just <laughs> curious, um, as you're as you're recounting uh, that final drive and you're talking about how, you know, we're, the Niners are in their base and you guys, you guys are playing your base defense most of the game, um, when, it, when, the, when the Niners got down to the 10, um, were you guys expecting, it looked like a couple of players went with Jerry, was it was it a real surprise that it was that the ball went to John Taylor now, what, what what do you no. remember about that last play? No, I, I I remember Dick LeBeau called the best defensive call. There was we had it. We the call was made for him to throw the slant to John. We had it. 
We had it. If you, if you look at it, you're literally talking about fingertips. Fingertips. Wow. We, the defense. The defense that we called was for those slants. It was for the safety to hit that slant. You know, I mean, we we had the, it, it was. I mean, it it was like San Francisco could have just said, told us what they were going to run, because we knew what they were going to run, and LeBeau had called the perfect defense. You know, I mean, it was, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a, it's, it's a situation where, okay, here, I know that if they're going to run this lead draw to me, you know. I'm anticipating. So, you know, I, all I'm doing is trying to get a, a jump. You know, so it was it was one of those things. You know, the safety is reading it, the linebackers are reading it, and it's just like, okay, you don't want to go too fast because you'll overplay it, but you don't want to go too slow. So it was just it was just a perfect pass, perfect time. It was perfect time. You know, because it was, if it was uh, not even half a second, you know, a millisecond, Later or even quicker, we we would have had it. It would have, it would have all have been knocked down. You know, so we we well, had the call. You you go ahead. Well, we got about four minutes left here. Um, tell us a little bit what you're doing now. I know you're doing some great things in the city of Cincinnati. Yeah. Just briefly sum it up, and before we get off the air, because everybody really needs to hear about this, because you're doing some really great work. Yeah. Yeah, when I retired in '97, I, I I decided to stay in Cincinnati and, and start started uh, Kelly Youth Services. I started with a buddy of mine, uh, uh, Ewell Pepper Jenkins, that played uh, linebacker with me in New York. Um, and what we what we do, I, I provide group homes for kids who are uh, at risk and use neglected kids who uh, are wards of the state. So when the state takes custody of kids out, you know, take them out of the home because of abuse, neglect. They they find a uh, place like, you know, similar to mine. And these are kids in the foster care system that can't really maintain in a foster home, and so they need a more uh, more strict uh, placement. So, you know, we, we take them, and we're like surrogate parents. So, you know, we are, we're, you know, getting them into school and getting them to extracurricular activities. You know, we have provide therapy. You know, we have, we have a wide, wide a variety of different kids. And, you know, over the years, I've been doing it since May of '98, and we've had well over 2,000 kids, and we've had uh, we've had a lot of success, you know. So you know, you just uh, you know, if you can just reach one one here, one there, you know, you, we 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 haven't been successful with everybody, but it's it's been a huge success, you know. Um, you know, we do we do uh, boys and girls, you know, from as young as nine years old to as old as 21, you know. So it's uh. It's uh, definitely uh, time-consuming, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've thought about coaching. I have a lot of my buddies coaching, but, and every time I think about it, uh, you know, God sends me another message, hey, man, this is what you're meant to, meant to do, you know. So there's some tough days, but, the, you know, there's some very rewarding t- days when you see your, your kids go on and become successful adults. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been asked to walk some of my, my former uh, girl residents uh, you know, down the, uh, getting married and, and walking down the aisle. So you know, it, it's those kind of bonds that you have. You know, I, I'm a dad to you know so many kids. Don't don't. I would say I, I probably only met maybe ten fathers. You know, and and so you know it, it, you do become like a dad to some of some of the other residents. So you know, it, it's been very rewarding. 
Hey, um, it was great having you on the show. I think, in my opinion, that you've beaten Roger Craig in the interview battle. So that's a win for the Bengals over the Niners there. Yeah, no, Matt, if you don't agree, I've got the button here. I can delete your I can delete any of your comments here. I can just cut you off the air so you'll have to agree with us, or I'll just keep talking so we win. But, but Joe, it was really great having you. We'd love to have you back sometime because we only got through about half the questions we wanted to ask. Um, Okay. I mean, hey, uh, thanks for having me. It was great being on, man. Great being on. I definitely wouldn't mind doing a guest again, but it was awesome. Anytime, anytime we can we can gang up on those 49ers, I'm 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 ready. Hey, yeah, Joe, I agree. Know. I mean, they need to be They haven't won anything like 20 years. So just because we've never won nothing, I mean, it doesn't really mean because it's been 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Joey, I just want to say that uh, you know, I, this was really great because I I never really got a chance to talk to a. Uh, a Bengal who played in that game to, to get your perspective was a lot of fun. Nothing but mad respect uh, for your team, uh, and uh, it was such a great Super Bowl. I do think my team was just a little bit better, but lots of respect <laughs> for you and your team. All right, well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, and it was, it was it was great talking to you guys, man. And anytime, man, this is awesome. You know, anytime you guys hey, want me, thanks I'll a lot, Jeff. All right, thanks, guys. You guys take care. Thanks a lot, Jeff. All take right, care. you too. Bye. Bye. All right, remember tomorrow, guys, 2.30 special. Ah. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.